Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Hey! What if the House Democrats hold an impeachment and nobody comes, Mr. Producer? Nobody's even watching this stuff. People are fed up. They're disgusted. So-called independents are turning on the Democrats and their impeachment process. They've heard enough for three years with an election coming up. They've seen enough. And so it's having an effect a real effect. And we see in these battleground states, you've heard, this is helping President Trump. It's helping President Trump with independence. Oh, that Nancy Pelosi, she's a genius of a strategist. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about the, the radicals within the Democrat Party, which is now most of the Democrat Party, not Democrats, the Democrat Party, We're talking about radicals in the media. The so-called journalists in the media, the vast majority of them, are of the same ideology as AOC, Talib, Omar, Nadler, Schiff, and on and on and on. Jayapal? You ever heard of Jayapal, Mr. Producer? She's out there. From the great state of confusion. But before we get to that, you saw what happened in the United Kingdom, right? Uh, Boris Johnson won an electoral landslide against Jeremy Corbyn. Now, Jeremy Corbyn, of course, is a Marxist, terrorist-loving anti-Semite. That didn't help him. That didn't help him even in socialist Britain. Boris Johnson won a massive landslide the biggest landslide since Margaret Thatcher. Now, is there really much difference between Jeremy Corbyn and, say, Elizabeth Warren? Jeremy Corbyn and Bernie Sanders? Jeremy Corbyn and Cory Booker? Jeremy Corbyn and fill-in-the-blank? No. They keep talking about, by the way, Biden as a moderate. Biden has swung hard left He's turned his back on his so-called moderate past. I've never thought he was a moderate. He's a buffoon. Now, we've talked about this somewhat, but perhaps it deserves more focus as we enter into the election year. So radical, so extreme, so socialist are the Democrats running for the nomination of their party. So way out there. You have to ask yourself, 
Are they really going to carry what was formerly the Republican suburbs? Are they really going to carry the blue-collar vote, hard men, hard-working men and women who'd like to keep a little bit of what they earn? Regardless of what Trumpka has to say, big fat slob who works in Washington, D.C. behind a desk and milks his union members, just saying, with all due respect. Really? I mean, who, who among the Democrats running for president is even rational? And again, what I'm saying is very important with respect to the media. You don't see a dime's worth of difference. A dime's worth of difference between most of the media in this country, that is, most of the so-called reporters, and the radical elements within the Democrat Party. And look how little attention they really pay to the positions of a Bernie Sanders or a Buttigieg. Elizabeth Warren's taken a little bit of a hit, but not enough of a hit. They really don't want to delve into this stuff. Mark, didn't you hear that the House Judiciary Committee, when I voted 23 to 17, all Democrats for, all Republicans against, voted two articles of impeachment against the president? Well, of course I've heard about that. Of course I've heard about that. They're tyrants. It's tyranny. I know. And I'll circle back to that. But why should I leave with that? They were supposed to vote on this last night, but they wanted more attention because it got late. They wanted more attention because it got late. And so they did it this morning. I choose not to lead off with that. Now, this vote in the United Kingdom is, is fascinating to me. And Boris Johnson is not exactly the greatest candidate in the world. But he's not Corbyn. And he said he's committed to Brexit, the British exit of the European Union governance system and economic system. Of course, our media will downplay it. They'll just emphasize that Jeremy Corbyn was a reprobate. But what they won't tell you is that AOC and Bernie Sanders... We're very close to Corbyn, and Ayach endorsed Corbyn. It's a defeat for her, too. It's a defeat for her, too, is it not? She endorsed him. Now, the Democrats have moved hard, radical left. They've been Corbynized, if you will. They want mass immigration and open borders. Do most Democrats in this country support that? No, they don't. They want massive redistribution of wealth. Well, there's a lot of Democrats who earn money, too, on assembly lines and classrooms. Hardworking blue-collar workers who build our homes and so forth, and cars. Do they really want massive redistribution of wealth from what they earn to somebody who hasn't earned it? Do they really want to pay for health care for illegal aliens? While Bernie Sanders is also talking about destroying their private health care system or their employer-based health care system or their negotiated health care system? The Democrats, I think, are going to destroy themselves. They're doing it in the House of Representatives. And I think they're doing it during these, these debates and soon-to-be primaries. Just as the media have destroyed themselves, The media have destroyed themselves. You will never look at the media the same way. 
You will never look at the Democrat Party the same way, given what they did in the House of Representatives. They have the scarlet letter of tyranny on their foreheads. They really do. Now, there's a host at MSLST by the name of Chris Hayes. He's a nut. He's a radical nut, which is why they hired him. It's all they hire there are radical nuts. I believe he used to write for The Nation and so forth, and he used to fill in for Rachel Maddow. Uh, Maddow. He says, one thing you can't say about the Corbyn campaign was that it was Tory light or too neoliberal or too establishment. He ran in unabashedly. He ran unabashedly from the left in a way many leftists want Democrats to run here in the U.S. But folks, this is what's a little perplexing. Isn't that what the media want? Since she won the Democrat primary in New York... Have not the media been promoting AOC, AACH, and the Stooges? I mean the squad? Yes. Have they been promoting impeachment? Yes. And other conspiracy theories? Yes. Have they not been promoting Elizabeth Warren for the most part? Yes. During these so-called Democrat debates, haven't the moderators even edged the Democrats more to the left, like Rachel Maddow, I mean Maddow and the others? Yes. Yes. They've all been Corbynized. Adam Schiff. Is there a difference between Adam Schiff and Jeremy Corbyn? No. Is there a difference between Nadler and Jeremy Corbyn? No. They're as radical as they come. So this election should resonate in the United States. It should. The Democrats should learn from it, but they won't. The media should learn from it, but they won't. What's my take? At least right now. The public is sick and tired of the hard left. Sick and tired of the media. And sick and tired of all their agendas and policies and so forth and so on. The timing is perfect. Now, don't get me wrong. The left is very snake-like, actually chameleon-like. The left will pretend it's something it's not in order to get power. That's what these 31, and I want to focus on them after the break, these 31 so-called moderates, Democrats, and these Trump districts, that's what they are, they're chameleons. They lie to get elected, and they'll lie, they think, to get re-elected. And I also believe the Democrats, the media, Nancy Pelosi, the whole gang, are playing a game with you. They're out there saying, you know, we could lose 10, 20, 17 of the 31. They're not going to lose, I don't believe, anything close to that. Then they'll declare victory. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty 
through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. The highest rated, can I mention this, Mr. Producer? I think I can. The highest rated quarter hour on all of Fox News Channel yesterday, early morning into the night, was 9.30 to 9.45 p.m. I have inside information, you know. When you and I were on Fox, when I appeared on Fox and you were watching Fox, it was a 3.9 4,090,000 viewers. That's huge. That's you. And all the accolades and calls I got from the executives over there was unbelievable, Mr. Producer. I'm just kidding. I didn't get any. So um, I want to thank you. I thought it was very important what we had to discuss, given what's going on in this country. Do we have, how much time do we have, Rich? Let's, let's get started. Let's start with cut one. Go. There's a lot of seriousness here because when we really get to the heart of this, this is your wheelhouse. This is about the Constitution. Our framers and founders never imagined this. Well, let's take a look at this. First of all, let's look at the committee chairman and the speaker. You have Pelosi, Schiff and Nadler. What do they have in common? A lot of things. They talk about the rule of law. They come from sanctuary cities that nullify federal law, and they support that. They obstruct ICE and law enforcement. They reject our immigration laws, and now they're talking about the rule of law. They don't believe in the rule of law. The Constitution's the law of the land, not any of these potentates that run these committees and not Nancy Pelosi. It's the president's duty to uphold the Constitution, not a rogue house where the Democrats are in control. Literally, every president who crosses the House of Representatives in the future under the standardless procedures they have in place with abuse of power and obstruction of Congress is subject to potential impeachment if they don't bow to the will of the majority in the House of Representatives. First of all, obstruction of Congress, they say, right? Has the Senate done anything yet? So how is it obstruction of Congress? It's obstruction of a rogue faction of radical Democrats in the House of Representatives. Once they won the majority, they immediately ran for impeachment. The President of the United States has no obligation to them. Abuse of power they talk about. When the President of the United States, like every past president, even since George Washington, has fought to protect the office of the presidency against a Congress that is out of control, that demands his innermost information from his innermost witnesses, uh, uh, individuals who, uh, who report to him. And he goes to court, and they say that's obstruction. Let me tell you something. Every past president who would be subject to impeachment under the current articles being debated in the House of Representatives, John Adams would be impeached. He shut down newspapers, he imprisoned reporters. Abraham Lincoln would be impeached. He shut down 300 newspapers. He imprisoned reporters. 
Thomas Jefferson would be impeached. The Louisiana Purchase without budget approval from the Congress. Woodrow Wilson would be impeached. He re-segregated uh, the civil service and he put political opponents and reporters in prison. He would be impeached. That great FDR would be impeached. Internment of Japanese Americans, Italian Americans, German Americans, took their property, took their homes, used the Internal Revenue Service against the Philadelphia Inquirer owner, against the Gannett owner, used the IRS against his political opponents like Huey Long. FDR would be impeached 25 times. John Kennedy would be impeached, used the IRS and the FBI against his political opponents, leaked information against them. Lyndon Johnson would be impeached, used the IRS, the FBI, and the CIA to tap into his political opponents and into civil rights leaders, and by the way, became a multimillionaire while he was a senator. We'd have a lot of impeachment going on under these bogus rules that this rogue House Democrat leadership has put in place. Now later, I point out, I guess we'll have to do this after the bottom, right, Mr. Producer, I think. Later, I point out one of the things I mentioned here, and that is... And that is the Democrat Party. The Democrat Party's past is pretty ugly. With some gaps of, of uh, good activity, if no question. But how does it get past the fact it was the party of slavery and the party of segregation and the party of Jim Crow? It can't. It can't. And now look, it's the party of what? Disenfranchisement of almost 63 million voters. The party of a silent coup. The Democrat Party revulses like this. And it coughs up tyranny. And it goes through periods like this. And it's our responsibility, when it does that, to crush it. To stop it. And that's why the Levin proposal is that we must destroy the Pelosi project. And the Pelosi project destroys the Constitution. And by that, what I mean is the next Democrat president, if there's a Republican House, must impeach that Democrat president. I already hear some quizzlings in the House. You know, the rhinos never go away. Saying, we'll never conduct ourselves this way. Well, that means there will always be two constitutions. One constitution for Republicans and conservatives and a phony constitution for Democrats through which they can do whatever they want. Now, we don't want that, do we? I'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arn, the president of Hillsdale College. It's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God, 
because he is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu. That's hillsdale.edu for more information. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. Americans meet to defend liberty and defeat tyranny. Call the Mark Levin Show now at 877-381-3811. Let's continue. Why were people watching Fox when I was on the Hannity Show? Because I'm, I'm going on the offense. I'm laying out the case. It's not just repetition. Cut to go. Let's look at the history of the Democrat Party. It's an ugly history with some gaps of goodness. The party of slavery, the party of segregation, the party of Jim Crow. And when the Democrat Party does what it does like that, it needs to be slammed down. And it needs to be slammed down now. The next Democrat president of the United States must be impeached, not to get even, Not because we're at their low level, because the Republicans can't live under one constitution when the Democrats live under another constitution. And it's the only way we're going to stop them. One party can't be allowed to abuse the constitution, yet wave it around while the other party sits there and takes it. The Democrat party must be slammed down. The next Democrat president, if they vote for impeachment against President Donald Trump, must be impeached. And we have the blueprint. It's the Pelosi project. She even said today, we've been at this for 22 months, for, for, for two years. What do you mean we're being fast here? We have the plan, endless unconstitutional subpoenas, no resort to judicial review, no due process. Accusers are protected from scrutiny. Phone calls of foreign leaders must be released. The president's closest advisors must testify. Tax returns, business records, bank records, Business associates, all subject to congressional access, and demand the appointment of a special counsel. That's the Pelosi project. It must become the Republican project when there is a Democrat president. One other thing. Look at this damn thing. This is 500 pages. This is the Mueller report. It took him 500 pages to say the president of the United States is an innocent man who didn't commit any crimes. 500 pages, two and a half years, $40 million. That's that. Now we have another one that's 500 pages long. Look at this. Look at this. What is this? This is an inspector general report that says what? That says the Obama administration. You listening, Mr. Holder? The Obama administration spied on the Trump campaign, tampered with evidence, repeatedly lied to a federal court, the FISA court, to get bogus warrants four times renewed, used a dossier paid for by the Clinton campaign in the DNC that they knew was bogus, and that they used all of this, lies and crimes, to get this, a special counsel report that says your president of the United States is an innocent man. Donald Trump is upholding the Constitution. Donald Trump is the victim. It is the members of the House of Representatives, the Democrats, They're the ones who need to be impeached. Well, what an abrupt stop. But I was honing in 
on what we have discussed over the last several days this week. And I think this is very important. We're already seeing pushback, as I say. We have Republicans already said, we're not like the Democrats. We would never do this to a Democrat president. I I don't know where they think they're getting points from. I don't know how they think they're going to stop the Democrats, stop them in the Senate. That's not the point. You have to stop the next Democrat House from going after a Republican president. Do they have the strength to do this? I think a lot of them don't. But this is why we need to push this agenda. This is why we need to fight. Eddie Glaude or Glaude Jr. is on MSLSD. I don't know who this guy is. But he must be important because he's on MSLSD. And only important people are on MSLSD. And he says, when the Dems voting to impeach, this is the death rattle of the Republican Party. Does it seem that way to you, folks? Cut five, go. I was sitting here thinking about uh, looking at that image right, of, of the representatives uh, voting for both articles. And I was just thinking, this is the death rattle of the Republican Party. Mm. Right? And I'm just, this, this is the death rattle. You know what? You're and- an idiot. This is the death rattle of the Republican Party. Spoken like a true leftist Democrat. Oh, this is the death rattle of the Republican Party. Look at their standing up here. Go ahead figure out, I was like, what is the, what will be the funeral dirge? And it makes sense that Giuliani would show up. I'm wondering who all, who else will show up today? Because this is the beginning, right? Uh, not the beginning. This is the moment that I think I'm hearing the last breath. Wow. Maybe you've wax in your ear. Maybe that's what you're hearing. Or maybe your brains are rattling around. You never know. Who else is up? Who else has been so brilliant over the last several years? Legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. Legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin. He's been right. On, oh, he's been wrong all the time. Well, what does legal analyst Jeffrey Tubin of the Constipated News Network have to say? Cut six. Go. Well, I, I just want to, uh, you know, try to make the point that, um, you know, it, it, there are not two versions of the facts. There are only facts. Right. And the you know, overwhelming majority of the case of the time yesterday, you had Democrats talking about the actual facts of this investigation. No, no, no. I say this is a legal analyst. Watch. See, the Democrats talk about the actual facts. The Republicans, of course, are frauds. Go ahead. Essentially making things up. You know, we, we have this sort of two sides ism and I, I'm mm. I fall victim to it. And but I mean, the fact is, here, the here Republicans come, were making the chairman, by the way, making, Jerry Nadler. He's going to be seated momentarily, but go ahead. Making up. Jerry Nadler is going to be seated. We have a double wide chair and that's after his procedure. But thanks for that, Wolf. Wolf interrupted the genius that is not Jeffrey Tubin. Go ahead when the Ukrainians knew that the aid was cut off. Mm. And to the extent yep. we can, I think we should try to police that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in our journalistic function. So in their uh, journalistic function, they're going to police you and me. In their journalistic function, of course. This is why the American people hate you. They hate you at CNN. That's why you have no rate. Your ratings are dying, even under Donald Trump. I don't know if you're an investor... In AT&T, that owns CNN? I mean, is this a smart, is that a smart bet? Go ahead. To talk about it. One set of facts, but two different worlds. Yeah, that that is. Oh, wow, Dana. Dana Bash, that would be. 
one set of facts, but two different worlds. The world of, you know, you and me, the, the aliens, and then the world of the smart people who know everything. And actually, they're very stupid. They don't know a damn thing. They've gotten this whole... But, but this gives you a sense of who these people are when they sit around in their own Christmas parties and Hanukkah parties. Or they sit around, you know, having an expensive five-course meal, or maybe they're throwing down a few glasses of champagne. Maybe a little toot of a marijuana. Can you say, is that right? Am I using the right language, Mr. Producer? Of a marijuana puff or whatever they're doing? A toke. That's what I meant, a toke. Sorry. What do I know? Hey, you know, this stuff is medicinal now. Really? Oh, yes, yes. You can smoke it and eat it and rub it on your body. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Anyway, so um, this is how they talk. This is what they think. They're snobs, they're arrogant, they're narcissists, and they're idiots on top of everything else. Go ahead. Of the same events. I mean, Republicans are basically saying, we see what he did and we don't think there's anything wrong with it. Who is this? Who the hell is Abby Phillip? Speaking for Republicans, you know, they basically say, we see what he did and we don't think there's anything wrong with it. Go ahead. Way of looking at what they they also lied because Ukraine. Stop. Now, you see, this is Jim Shooter. In another format, I would rhyme it Jim Shooter with another name. He's a former Barack Obama special assistant. And here he is on CNN. But they also lied. So the Republicans lied, says Jim Shooter. Because Ukraine didn't know about the aid. Go ahead. Delay, delay in July. It's in sworn testimony from Laura Cooper. It's in emails. And yet they kept repeating Ukrainians didn't even know, despite the facts. Yes. Well, that's what the president of the Ukraine said. The president of Ukraine is a liar, ladies and gentlemen. Only Jim Shudo knows what he's talking about. This is fascinating. But I don't care if the Ukrainians did know about it. If every single thing they say is true, it's not an offense and it's not impeachable. I'm not talking about their conclusory comments. But if the Ukrainians knew we were withholding military aid the way Obama did for several years while the Russians were actually invading the country, and the President of the United States phone call is released where he never brings up military aid once, And the President of the United States wanted the Ukrainian government to look into what the Bidens had done to see if they're corrupt with the assistance of our Attorney General. So what? And the President of the United States wanted the Ukrainians to assist us as we want other countries to assist us in investigating what took place in 2016. Hell, they pushed a special counsel for that. But here, the President can't even ask. So what? So what? So what? So what? Nothing unethical, nothing criminal, nothing violative of anything that I'm aware of, any standards, nothing impeachable. So what? But there's CNN. CNN sounding like like the Democrats on the committee, like Adam Schiff, like Gerald Nadler and the other reprobates, because that's what they are. You know, the President of the United States is attacking the media on a sustained basis like we've never seen before. That's a lie on its face. But he should. He should. He has every right to defend himself and his administration 
from these leftists dressed up as journalists who are trying to take him out and lying to the American people. He has a right to free speech. It's free speech that gave us freedom of the press. I'll be right back. Lovin. As we celebrate the Christmas and holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessings. Now, since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of liberty through a variety of outreach programs. Perhaps you receive Primus for free every month or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money. Now, this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core principles, learning, character, faith, and freedom without government interference. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. And to learn more, visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, think about it, folks. The Democrats have controlled the entire process in the House of Representatives. The Democrats have controlled the media because they are Democrats throughout this entire presidency. And where are they? They're nowhere. They talk about the polls. Is there overwhelming support for the Democrats out there? No. Is there overwhelming support for the credibility of the media out there? No, quite the contrary. Are they gaining ground in the battleground states? No, they're losing ground in the battleground states. Are they gaining ground with the independents? No, they're losing ground with the independents. Is the economy on its back? No, the economy is soaring. Is America at war? There are wars going on out there. But the President of the United States is being a totally responsible commander-in-chief. Are the borders hopelessly open? No, the President is trying to secure the borders. What about the courts? The President is trying to bring the courts back to constitutionalism. I mean, look around, really. This is their best shot. And their best shot isn't cutting it. They're shooting themselves in the foot. Now, I'm not saying, you know, get cocky about this. Never, ever, ever. The left is diabolical. The media are diabolical. But I'm saying, step back and look at the horizon. All they've done, subpoenas, media, hearings, leaks, criminal investigations, congressional investigations... It's gotten them nowhere. In fact, their majority in the House is being threatened. All right. Where are you, AOC? Where's Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders? Probably all in Moscow. They like Moscow in the winter. Where's the so-called whistleblower? Whatever happened to that guy? Eric Schammerkeller, or whatever the hell his name was. See you in a moment. He's here. He's here. 
now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. I don't watch these uh, nighttime comedy shows anymore. I used to when they had actually funny comedians. I think the last one of those guys for me was Jay Leno. You know, he played it straight, pretty much down the middle. Then you get Letterman, who turned into truly Mr. Bizarro. But these three morons now, the three stooges of, uh, I can't even say of comedy. Uh, they're They're not even worth paying attention to. And yet, people send me stuff. Did you hear Stephen Colbert? No, I didn't hear Stephen Colbert. Well, he mentions you. Well, he mentions me. So Mr. Producer finds it. And I want you to listen to this. Tell me if you think it's funny. I'm, I'm quite serious. Is this funny? And it goes on for like a minute and a half, doesn't it, Mr. Producer? It's weird. Well, let's, let's see what you think. Go ahead. Trump is doing whatever he can not to think about impeachment. impeachment. Last night, he threw a White House Hanukkah party. Oh, he must have been so excited. Let me get this straight. Every night, you're religiously obligated to eat fried potatoes. And you have to wear tiny hats that cover your bald spots. Well, then smear me with cream cheese. I'm in. (laughs) One guest of honor. One guest of honor at the event was Fox News personality and cat looking you dead in the eyes as it bats that microphone right off the table. Mark Levin. Here's how Trump introduced Levin. Now, let's stop right there. Is that funny? Cat knocking microphone off the... I don't even know what he's talking about, Mr. Producer. But anyway, let's continue. We have a a man that I have, by the way, great respect. Mark Levin. Where's Mark Levin? What a show. Where's Mark? Where is Mark? Now, here's the thing. I'm way way in the back. It's 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 a lot of people there, several hundred people. And I didn't even hear it. People said, Mark, Mark, the president's calling. So I need to get through the crowd. It's a very enthusiastic, pro-Trump crowd at the party. And I have to walk my way through. Now, this is supposed to be funny, right? What's so funny about it? Go ahead. Here, will you please? Mark, come on up. Come on up here. Mark, the great Mark Levin. What a show. Come on, Mark, wherever you may be. Where are you? I saw him. Is that Mark? Come on, Mark. Get your way up. Make a path. Mark, I don't know how. Come on. Come on up, Mark. He's so big. Right, Mark? Come on over. Wait. You say you saw Mark Levin in the crowd? But, sir, that's not possible. Mark Levin has been dead for 30 years. (laughs) He never escaped that steamboat when it sunk off the island of Fuk. What, is, Mr. Producer, you know what that means? Do you, do you have any idea what that means? Is that some TV show at the island of Fuke, some book? Or is that, is that, you have to be like a Colbert follower to know what he's talking about? Richie V, do you know what he's talking about? I'm just curious, does anyone know what he's talking about? 
I'm sure somebody does. And people find that funny? Look, I'm, I like a good joke, and I'm, I've got plenty of humility. People make fun of me all the time. My buddies make fun of me. They'll do my voice. They'll do my whatever it is. That's fine. But I'm trying to figure out why this is funny. It's very weird. Did you hear what Colbert said? No, and nobody else did either. Who watches this crap? Seriously. It's not like the good old days. Do you watch this stuff, folks? I think the culture is so rotten. Thanks to the media, much of the broadcast industry, that this is where we are now. There's a congressman by the name of Ted Douche. Ted Douche, no, not related to uh, Donnie Douche of MSLSD and the Scarborough Mika Brzezinski show, that douche. No. We've got here Ted Douche. He's a congressman from South Florida. And um, he makes an admission. You know, the Democrats cut off their impeachment vote last night. Why? Because they wanted their media friends to cover it. And I do mean media friends. Because it's all about trying to push the narrative. And as I said before the break, step back and look at this. Look at the big picture. The Democrats are going backwards with this stuff. They're going backwards with independence, backwards in the battleground states. They have almost nothing to show for their majority status in the House of Representatives. Ted Douche is a liberal Democrat in Florida. Cut seven, go. We went into the day thinking we were going to vote yesterday also, but uh, the Republican, my Republican colleagues offered amendment after amendment, and uh, it was clear that this was going to go well into the night. And this is the, the most consequential vote that most members of Congress will ever cast. The American people deserve to see it. It ought to take place in the light of day. I, I see. So the, the vote ought to take place in the light of day. What about all those secret hearings in the Intelligence Committee? No light of day there. The dark of night. What about witnesses that we wanted to hear from? No light of day there. Nope. Dark of night. What about the whistle button? Nah, no light of day there. Dark of night. What about ship? Nah, no light of day. Dark of night there. But we're going to vote. And we want the whole world to see us. Go ahead. Uh, and and what we heard over and over is that there should be no rush. Well, this is the most important thing we're going to do in the committee. Uh, of course, we shouldn't rush it. I see. So the most important thing they're going to do in the committee is eviscerate the impeachment clause and the Constitution itself. There he is, Teddy Douche of uh, Florida. Then we move to Maryland. Jamie Raskin. Ask you a question, Mr. Producer. When you're a full-grown, mature adult male, do you call yourself Jamie? Jamie? Jamie! What? You forgot your bologna sandwich, Jamie. Oh! The bus is driving away. Jamie, the short bus. Jamie's on the show. He didn't get his bologna sandwich. This guy's a radical nut out of Maryland, just like Ted Douches. So Jamie Raskin, CNN today, cut a... Well, before that, we get to Wolf Blitzer, who asks him a question. Oy, oy, oy. Cut eight, go. 
Because they argue that uh, Bill Clinton committed a crime by lying under oath uh, uh, during his testimony before a, a, a federal grand jury. Uh, and they say that was the crime uh, that was committed. But hey, Wolf, you Wolf, you're, you're breathless. You sound like you have half of one lung left. Uh, and you sound like you're uh, choking on latkes. Now, Bill Clinton was accused of 11 felonies, not one. By the independent counsel, Ken Starr, in a report he was compelled by federal law to present to the Congress for potential impeachment. That was the law. It's not the law today. That was the law then. 11 felonies. The Mueller report doesn't have a single felony. Not one. Go ahead. There was no actual crime committed by this president? Well, no, there, there was um, perhaps multiple crimes committed. So by this Jamie president. says perhaps there, were, there was and perhaps there were multiple crimes committed by this president. Now, we had a special counsel. He didn't say that. We had the Southern District in New York. They didn't say that. But Jamie Raskin of Maryland, he says it, so it must be true. Go ahead. Bill Clinton had not been prosecuted or indicted for perjury. They just pled the elements of perjury. No, that's not exactly what happened, you idiot. He actually had to resign from the Arkansas bar. He was held in contempt by a federal court. Actually, his bar license was withdrawn by the Arkansas Supreme Court. And he resigned from the U.S. Supreme Court bar. He also willingly paid a substantial fine to the court. And I love it when I hear these news analysts go on about, well, really, the Bill Clinton impeachment was about sex. I heard one of these guys say that a couple days ago, and he, he believes he's a news reporter. It was just about sex. Really? He was held in contempt by a federal judge the chief judge of Arkansas of the Arkansas District Courts. And she wrote a rather lengthy opinion explaining why he was held in contempt. But it was just about sex. No, he was held in contempt because the judge was present at the deposition and he lied. You don't get to lie at depositions. Well, it's just about divorce. Well, it's just about larceny. Well, it's just about sex. So in other words, this so-called newsman sounded like Lanny Davis. Lanny Davis. Jamie Raskin, go ahead. Article of impeachment. We've pled uh, within uh, our impeachment and in the accompanying report lots of factual evidence that could lead to prosecution of the president later. No, you didn't, you idiot. But, but listen, that's not even the point. Could lead to the prosecution of the president later. Go ahead. You know, they seem to want to have it both ways. You can never prosecute the president. You can't indict the president while he's in office. But you no, can't no, hey, 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 doofus. Nobody wants to have it both ways. The official position of the United States Department of Justice that you cannot indict a sitting president was a position of the Clinton Justice Department and the Nixon Justice Department and has never been overturned, not even by the Obama Justice Department. That doesn't give you free reign to impeach somebody because you think they should be indicted. You understand. You understand. You sound like Molotov. Molotov? Like the Molotov cocktail? Yes. He was the right-hand henchman of Joseph Stalin. 
And during the Russian Revolution, Molotov. Molotov cocktails. Yes, that's what he invented. One of the longest serving confidants, if Stalin had any, was Molotov. Jamie Molotov Raskin. Throwing Molotovs all over the place. Molotov cocktails. He's a tyrant, this guy. Absolute tyrant. Can impeach him, impeach him in the future, indict him, indict him in the future if you can't indict him now. What's going on here? Only to be outdone by Debbie Wasserman Schultz. I thought she was gone. So what happened to Debbie Wasserman Schultz? Where was she? I thought she was persona non grata in the Democrat Party. I thought she retired and opened a haberdashery or something or a cupcake store. Cut nine, go. I mean, I really think what this boils down to is that we are here because the president of the United States has treated the Constitution like toilet paper, like nothing more than toilet paper. Wow. That's a catchy phrase. Catchy phrase. And you sound like an idiot, but you always have. Go ahead. He has engaged in an unprecedented abuse of power. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we've talked about other presidents and how this is a pathetic lie. Tell me, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, do you think uh, uh, John Kennedy should have been impeached? LBJ, FDR? How about Obama with the IRS and sicking the FBI on media outlets? How about Obama writing legislation in the Oval Office like DACA, circumventing Congress? Go ahead. He engaged in a protracted. Ah, shut up, you idiot! I'll be right back. Lovin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Look at these three clowns, would you? Jerry Nadler. Adam Schiff. Teddy Douche. Jamie Raskin. These four putrid little buffoons telling us what the Constitution stands for when these radical, radical leftist progressives don't even believe in the Constitution or the men who wrote it and ratified it. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC, go! These Democrats, they don't know the difference between the Constitution and the Constipation. There you go. Must have been hilarious when you saw them trying to describe it, huh? Yeah, exactly. 
decades ago when I first started calling, a couple of things I kept hitting on ever since. One was Antonio Gramsci strategies. Another big one was the tax-exempt KGB front group, Institute for Policy Studies. Now, the Institute for Policy Studies, one of the founders and leaders of it was Marcus Raskin. That's the father of this congressman. Also, the father of Buttigieg, the father of Buttigieg is uh, the leader of the International Gramsci Society. So these are two hardcore people. In the old days, you called them red, doper, uh, red diaper babies. So you've got these people like this sprinkled throughout the government, and I believe they're following in their father's uh, footsteps. Tell me more. Tell us more about Raskin's father. Do you know more about him? Well, no, not more specifically, but he, he was a co-founder and leader of that group. Now, that, that group is so powerful that when the FBI was monitoring, the communists took him to court. And the FBI could no longer monitor them and actually had to destroy some of their records. So ultra-hardcore leftists. We call it KGB Front Group Institute for Policy Studies. They oh, wait a minute. You're exact, I, I don't know. I want people to understand. Jimmy is right. The Institute for Policy Studies had links to the old Soviets. Go ahead. Right. Uh, work with the New York Times, Washington Post. The KGB guys hold classes. They attend classes. I had people that penetrated it, told me about it. There's an excellent book written by a guy exposing it, Covert Cadre. You'll be surprised. It's got the names of all the congressmen and senators who are attending it and part of it. It shows how they penetrated uh, national security, penetrated the media, the churches, the schools, and it's got pictures of actual KGB agents in there. Now, Buttigieg's father, International Gramsci Society, in the writings I have from communists, they describe it that usually wherever communists uh, t took power, they had communist revolutions, they admit it led to great tragedy and suffering because the population wasn't ready and the communists had to use, uh, exert force or threat of force to impose their rule on the people who weren't ready for it. So Gramsci's idea was you have to re-educate the people prior to the revolution. You have to penetrate all the churches, all the religions. So when they carried that out throughout the world, naturally in the Muslim country, they had to penetrate Islam. And all of these countries, all of these religions were taught to be working against America and the West. It's absolutely brilliant. Diabolical, but brilliant. Mm -hmm. One more thing. This is what I really called about. In the Kami newspaper I talk about, independent, I-N-D-Y, pendant, and the issue from last month, they're reminiscent about the good old days of the massive militant violent protest against the World Trade Organization. And they're reminiscing about it. And they say if Trump steals the coming election, it's going to be bigger and more, more militant protest. So as they're saying that, and they're planning for it, obviously, you have Schiff saying Trump is going to steal the election. It looks like some sort of coordination. But your word diabolical is very important here. Because what they're trying to say now, what they are saying now, is if Donald Trump runs and wins, he has stolen another election. These people are undermining our country in the worst possible way. Thank you, Jimmy. We'll be right back. Show where we create the talking points. Call in now, 877 381 3811. You know, stories like these I'm about to tell you about 
are further evidence of how Optimate Tax Relief solves tough IRS problems. Eric fell five years behind with the IRS. Then boom, they froze his bank account. They demanded money he didn't have. He called Optimate Tax Relief. So Optima took control, got his bank account released, and set him up with a plan that was hundreds of dollars a month less than the IRS initially sought. Problem solved. That's how Optima has solved over a billion dollars in tax debt for hardworking Americans just like you. Optima steps between you and the IRS to help stop aggressive collection actions, protect your assets, and get your life back. Call for your free consultation. Ask if you qualify for the Fresh Start Initiative. Because if you do, you could save thousands and get out from under your IRS nightmare. 800-499-6300. You know, I talk to you like your friends and family. I really do. So I discuss things that many hosts probably wouldn't even bother discussing. The good, the bad, and the ugly. It's just very weird It's very weird to see colleagues and so forth, whether on websites, whether on cable TV, whether on radio. Now talk about the press, that the press is under scrutiny, that the press really needs to be checked, that it's the Democrat Party press, that they're one and the same thing. Information that is in unfreedom of the press, that's been in unfreedom of the press since May of 2019. Those of you who purchased it, those of you who've read it, those of you who went to the library to get it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So when I hear people talk about this stuff as if they're making a revelation, it's really quite shocking to me. And then they come up with their best book list for 2019. And somehow it's missing. You! Conservatives, you Americans, independents, maybe even some liberals. You've bought half a million copies of this book, whether in the ebook, audio form, or in the hardcover form. It is the number one political book of 2019. It's the number one so called conservative book of 2019. And yet you have conservative sites and conservative lists that are no better than the New York Times list. Except even there, they can't deny the fact that the book was number one for a month. So if these people are going to write about and talk about the press, the press scrutiny, what motivates the press, the Democrat Party press, they haven't done any scholarship, they haven't done any research, they haven't taken any time out of their weekends or their nights to write a damn thing. They're parrots, they're repeating what I wrote. That's fine. But it's bizarre to me. Ask Mr. Producer. When I have an article, I tell you where it's from. If I have a thought that's independent, well, obviously it's from me. If I have a thought because I think somebody else made a great point, I tell you who they are. What is the problem? It's called integrity. It's called honesty. Now, if you want to know all about the press... The Patriot Press that that helped found this country and helped push the revolution. The Party Press that followed it shortly thereafter. I move then to the so-called Progressive Press. 
And then a few other stages I'll skip. I get to the current press, unfreedom of the press. There's an enormous amount of important information in this book. Particularly now, with the phony Russia collusion. Particularly now, when they lie about the Ukraine interference in our election and claim that it never happened. Particularly now, with this phony impeachment. Particularly now, with this presidential election. And I would just say to those, friendly advice. This is really not to you folks, it's to them. If you want to make it in the media, if you want to make it, tell the truth. Have some class. I mean this with all seriousness. Plagiarism is plagiarism. Whether it's done by Joe Biden, whether it's done by a kid copying off of somebody else's test. In the business I'm in, you're never called on it unless I do it. And if you really want to know about unfreedom of the press, then use it. That's why I wrote it. That's why I wrote it. And I would say to this, some of the news reporters who are not, who claim to be defending journalism in the media, you could do well to read it too. Because you're very ignorant about your so-called profession. When you say that this president, and many of them do, is the greatest threat to journalism in modern times or ever. You're a clown. You have no idea what you're talking about. None. And you sat silently while Obama was doing what he was doing to the press. But it's even worse than that. It's worse than that. This president, when it comes to the press and his treatment of the press, I mean whether he's actually locked up reporters and shut down, he's been a choir boy. I know that's hard to believe, given all the propaganda of the press. And our press acts like they're patriotic men and women defending freedom of the press. No, they're not. They're not in any kind of danger whatsoever. They're supported by multi-billion dollar international conglomerates. They don't have any problem whatsoever. They have no threat of being thrown into prison or being harmed. Like real reporters do overseas. And we know what's going on once you read this book. We know exactly what's going on. You're now an ideologically driven mechanism, operation. That's what you are. Just confess. Just be honest. And if you're embarrassed by it, then stop doing it. But they won't. Sarah, Dallas, Texas, XM Satellite, how are you? Thank you so much for taking my call, Mr. Levin. You are my hero. Thank you for fighting for the American people. We love you and appreciate you. You're very kind. Um, Thank you. First, I have to say I'm a little embarrassed. I, um, I put it on my Christmas list. I will get your book, Freedom of the Press, but I... Or unfreedom of the press. It's un, but we'll send you a copy. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not here trying to sell it. I'm here saying if people in the media in radio, are going to use it, then don't act like you just discovered an idea six months after the fact. In fact, I would like people in the media, in radio, other other platforms, to use the book to go to the next step. Do some research. Do some scholarship. This isn't the end-all and be-all. Take it to the next level. But they're incapable of it, apparently. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you're absolutely right. So my call tonight is because I actually work in the media, and it is nearly impossible 
to be a conservative and work in a media company. And I sit with executives every single week and listen to them. Um, I was telling your producer that at one of the most recent meetings, one of the heads of the company said, oh, we need to, we need to flip this state blue. And it just made me sick. They're, they have no ethics. They have no uh, morals. They, they don't care about, I don't know how these people got into media, what, they, what was driving them. Is it just to see themselves on TV or are they, do they really care about anything? And I just tell you, um, I'm disgusted by it. There's got to be a reason why I'm working in the job I'm working in. And I'll well, I, I don't, don't want to discourage, you know, patriotic Americans from working in the media. The more, the better. But what you're talking about is, in fact, um, a, a poison that, that flows throughout the media. And the whole first chapter of the book explains this. I think it's almost 40 pages. Maybe it's 45. It's the longest chapter in the book, I believe. I could be wrong about that. It's been a while. But there's a reason for this. And there's, it, it's, like, it's like faculty on most universities and colleges. Faculty, particularly in the Ivy Leagues where they, they only hire people who share their ideology. They only hire people who've gone to their same schools. They only hire people who they can be sure will be part of their groupthink. They're not looking for diversity of thinking, which is bad enough that what they should be looking for is people who seek imperfectly, admittedly, the objective truth. But you, 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 now, you now learn in journalism school that that is a failed idea, seeking objective truth that you need to push the agenda. And the agenda is pretty much whatever the progressive agenda is. Yeah, it's totally true. And, and most people don't know this, but where they start, I mean, they get these kids fresh out of college. They're paying them $10 an hour, and they're on the TV. They're the ones telling you what to think. And they're just regurgitating. Well, I'll give you an Look at Chuck Todd, seriously. What real-world experience does this man have was he ever a serious reporter? Did he demonstrate the kind of, of, um, of, of judgment that you would want from a real reporter? That he's capable of putting aside his ideology and putting aside his emotions and trying, although again imperfectly, to pursue the facts, to pursue evidence? No. You watch this guy on Meet the Press. It's called Meet the Press, not Meet the Opinionated Press. He's taken an institution that's been around for half a century, and he's destroyed it. And NBC is so proud of him that they've made this guy, who has no particular knowledge, no particular experience, uh, quite the contrary. He's been involved up to his eyeballs in liberal Democrat politics his entire life, as is his wife. They take this guy, and they make him their political director for the NBC network. I mean, this is how bad it is. It's sickening. All right, my friend, you hang in there. We'll be right back. You know, Mr. Producer, I, I heard a rumor, and I don't even know if this is true, so I can't say it's true. I heard a rumor that Steve Colbert is a amateur proctologist. Do you think that's possible? I don't even intend comic writers to give me that. 
Isn't that funnier than me walking to the front of a room? <laughs> That's so crazy. Well, here I am. You know, as we celebrate the Christmas and the holiday season, we often pause to consider our many blessings. Hillsdale College thanks you for your loyalty as it celebrates 175 years of blessing. Since 1844, Hillsdale has held fast to its mission to provide the kind of education essential to preserving free government. And for decades, the college has extended its educational mission on behalf of Liberty through a variety of outreach programs, including this one. Perhaps you receive Imprimus for free every month. Or have taken one of Hillsdale's excellent free online courses. Or have attended one of Hillsdale's free regional events. You know of Hillsdale's refusal to take even one penny of government money, federal or state? Now this independence allows the college to focus on promoting its core purposes. Learning, character, faith, and freedom. Without government interference. At no time in our nation's history has there been a greater need for the kind of classical liberal arts education that Hillsdale offers on its campus and nationwide. So during this season of blessings, Hillsdale thanks you for your partnership in extending its mission to the country. Merry Christmas from Hillsdale College. To learn more, then you should really go to their site. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. LevinforHillsdale.com. Andrew, Stan Hope, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. I was in the media, and my highlight is definitely when I got to interview the great one, Mark Levin. But really, it was at a bark in the park. When you interviewed I me? Promoted. Well, I, I tried to, but you took the mic and did the interview yourself. <laughs> oh, that's me. And I put the, uh, and your wife was there. It was great. And I pitched the story. And it got on air, so it was good because it was a biased liberal station. Not as bad as some of the others. So that was one of my highlights. And I just want to give an example of their bias. Anytime they covered an illegal immigrant rally, like pro-illegal, they would never say illegal. They wouldn't even say undocumented. They would just say immigrant. Mm. And they said, uh, immigrants are being rounded up. And I said, um, my wife's an immigrant. Should I tell her to hide under the bed? Yeah, right. But they meant illegal immigrants, and they weren't being rounded up. They were publicly protesting. Tell me, tell me, how many people, there's a lot of us, right, have seen immigrants being rounded up? Right. It's the opposite. And rounded up? Where are they being rounded up? And that's their phrase. Round them up. Round them up. Round them up. They want you to think of cattle or sheep. People aren't being rounded up. Go ahead. First, I went out as a camera guy with a reporter, and she covered one of the pro-illegal immigrant rallies. And I asked her after, I said, why didn't you ask them, isn't it unfair that you got to sneak over while other people had to wait that were economically just as poor as you? They had to pay the fees. Now, now you know full well, if they thought it was unfair, they wouldn't do it. They know it's unfair. It's like stealing, jumping in the front of a line. It's more than unfair. It's illegal. And I became a video journalist, so I, they, they sent me out by myself. And I covered one, and it was a totally different situation. I asked the lady, I said, it's unfair. You, you served a lie. My wife's an immigrant. Because uh, they, like, stereotyped me that I would 
go along with them and kiss butt. And the guy was like stunned that I was questioning him. He said to me, I wasn't ready for you. I said, why don't you raise money? You're pro-illegal immigrant. Well, my friend, I, I appreciate this. Unfortunately, we ran out of time. Maybe you can write something and post it on one of our social sites. Seriously. And people who want to take a look at that will be able to do so. I'll be right back. Broadcasting from, from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Look, don't forget, this Sunday... Life, Liberty, and Levin, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Special guest, second time in two years, Sean Hannity. You're not going to want to miss this. Obviously, we talk about the president and impeachment and the rest of it. But we talk about ourselves. You know, we're best friends. You won't want to miss it. It'll be a lot of fun on this Sunday to break up your monotony or your frustrations. We get into serious stuff, but we also have a lot of fun. So I was telling you about this Taylor Swift and this toxic male privilege. Well, some time ago, I guess it was eight or nine years ago, Mr. Producer, there was a song that was fantastic. And I thought the person who sang this song actually sounded like Taylor Swift. Didn't you, Mr. Producer, a little bit? Except she's definitely classier. That I can tell you. So I want you to listen very carefully to this. Then we'll move on. Don't worry. Mark! Mark! What about the Supreme Court? I'll get to it. I'll get to it. We're in a festive mood here. The Democrats have thrown everything they can at the President of the United States, and they're going backwards. In the battleground states and the polls, they're going backwards. And we haven't even thrown a fist at them yet. Now we're going to move to the Senate. Anyway, listen to this song. Go ahead. He's from the city and I'm just a small town girl. He goes out and I'm stuck in my own. Nice, right? I don't know how to get to him. So come and take me home. I'll be waiting alone. I keep slipping. So could you save me now? Cause I did it again. Baby, I'm just a fallen star. So don't you crush my paper. Beautiful. One more round. He's in a rush and I like to take my time. 
Like it, Rich? was written and produced and sung in 2011 by my daughter, Lauren. Same old story. Isn't that right, Mr. Producer? 2011. I wish she would have pursued this. She didn't, but that's a proud papa who played that. And for the rest of you, America, she's a rock-solid conservative. None of this toxic male privilege concern or anything of the sort. And she loves Donald Trump. In fact, I'll be honest with you. She was the first in the family to love Donald Trump. Well, tied with my father, really. My daughter was for Donald Trump, right out of the box. My father liked Ted Cruz a lot, but he was for Donald Trump, right out of the box. As a matter of fact, when I was supporting Ted during the primary... And uh, the president was pounding pretty hard on Ted, and I was pounding back. I remember my dad calling me after the radio show, one particularly aggressive show. And my father said to me, what are you doing? I said, what do you mean? Why did you stop beating up on Trump the way you're beating up on Trump? I said, well, he said, I like that guy. I said, all right. All right, Pops. But my daughter was a big fan of Donald Trump's right from the get-go. Look how right she was. Anyway, that, that was her song. I thought I'd play that because it reminded me of this Taylor Swift and similar kind of voice. I'm not, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying, you know, there are young, <coughs> excuse me, young pro-Trump conservatives, pro-Constitution, pro-capitalist conservatives can sing 
who can dance, <coughs> who can tell jokes, or every bit as good as the left. But here's the thing. My daughter didn't really pursue this. But there are a lot of people who do seek to pursue these things. And they're stopped, either openly or surreptitiously, because they're not part of the left-wing mindset or social milieu. And so if you're going to be successful and you're conservative, you have to be twice as good as everybody else. You really do. If you're going to be a conservative and be a, a college professor, you really have to be good because all the odds are against you. Or you're going to work in Hollywood. You're definitely going to be in the minority. You really have to be really good. That's the truth. All right, Supreme Court, for those of you who are interested in this, and I am. uh, They have stopped these various courts, including the Second Circuit, uh, which have ordered the President of the United States to turn over his financial records to a House committee. There's also other pending litigation, as you can imagine, all aimed at attacking the President of the United States and his personal finances. But the court decided a few hours ago to put all that on hold, issued a stay, because it wants to hear the President's appeal. So I doubt the court will rule on that before June, when it normally issues its decisions. But I sure as hell hope the court doesn't screw things up. Because if the court rules for the Democrats, no president's going to be safe. And I would warn these Supreme Court justices, some of them in their cars in Washington, D.C., listening to this program. One day it'll be you. There is really nothing to stop a rogue majority in the House of Representatives or the Senate from targeting Supreme Court justices, appellate judges, district judges, and so forth with the same kind of requests. You might say, well, we're independent. You know, we're lifetime appointment. If your position is that the Congress has a right to oversight, just remember, all the courts but the Supreme Court are created by Judiciary Acts. They're created by Congress, signed by the President, of course. So the same argument about oversight can be made. And we're now moving down this tyranny lane at a very aggressive pace. And if the courts think that they're going to be untouched by this, they're dead wrong. Already, already the left, the media, the Democrats, one and the same, are trying to pressure the Chief Justice on how he's to conduct himself, or how he better not conduct himself. And by the way, the Democrats are already demanding that Senator McConnell recuse himself from the trial. Listen listen to the to the bald hubris of these buffoons because he says he's going to work closely with White House and White House counsel. And the Democrats say, so he's going to fix the trial. So, see, ladies and gentlemen, they've taken the position that the House can do whatever it wants. They can abandon traditional practices when it comes to impeachment. They can abandon due process in the impeachment context. It can change the rules all over the place. It can change their own rules during the course of a hearing to prevent the minority from being heard. But when it comes to the Senate, now they want to control 
their behavior, and their rules. What they want to do is create controversy. It's constant. So now McConnell, they want to attack and destroy in this respect. Because you see, he's not allowed or not supposed to be working closely with White House counsel. Why not? Why shouldn't he? We keep hearing this is a political process. Why shouldn't the Republican leader with the Republican majority work with the Republican president to deal with a rogue Democrat House and Schumer and the others who have no damn good intention of already abandoned the Constitution? There's nothing unethical about it. It doesn't violate any rules. There's no issue whatsoever. None. Except they don't like it. And they know the morons in the media, who they have in their back pocket and vice versa, will fall for every damn bit of it. Let me say this to Mitch McConnell, and it's rare. And it's rare. If I understand what you plan to do, working with White House counsel, that you intend to keep this short, and as soon as you have 51 to get rid of each count, you're going to take the vote. If that's the best you can do, we support it. I prefer dismissal, but he's made the point, I don't have the votes to do that. Okay. We have people out there who sit on their backsides and say, I want a long trial. I want all these witnesses to come. I want this, that, and there. This is bizarre to me. We've already demonstrated that the whole thing is a fraud. I want the Democrats to defend their socialism and their destruction of the private health care system and their open borders. And I want them to lose badly. You see, ladies and gentlemen, everybody doesn't think like us. The public is sick of this. Sick of it. And the bigger issue for me is we should not give a constitutional imprimatur to this, a constitutional rubber stamp to this. This thing needs to be blasted day in and day out by United States Senators. Because what the House is about to do is in fact unconstitutional. These former judges, former federal prosecutors, former this, former that, who say, no, it's not, the House can do whatever it is, they have no idea what they're talking about. Just as the House can conduct itself in an unconstitutional way with respect to other provisions of the Constitution, it can do so here too. What they're accusing the president of is not high crimes and misdemeanors, treason, or bribery. Not in the least. I'll be right back. I'm starting to lose my voice, so if I start doing the show in sign language, I hope you'll understand. Just... Watch how the Democrats push the media narrative in this country. So now there's an issue all weekend long. Mitch McConnell should recuse himself, recuse himself, because he dared to say on the Sean Hannity show last night, he dared to say on the Sean Hannity show last night that he'll be working closely with White House counsel. How can he be an impartial arbiter? Impartial? Is this a joke? Is this a joke? Adam Schiff, Nadler, Pelosi, the whole group of uh, commies on the Judiciary Committee? I mean, mean, McConnell's right. You ought to work very closely with the president's lawyer and see what they want to do. 
And he's also wrong about a few other things. No, the Constitution does not compel a trial, Senator. You can't show me anywhere in the Constitution where it does. And yes, if you had the votes, but I guess Romney's weak, Collins, Murkowski, Corey, uh, what's his name, Gardner, a few others. No, you're not required once it comes over there to actually hold a trial. You could dismiss the whole thing, which has been the Levin position from day one. No, 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 I want to hear from Hunter Biden. Well, then we need a special counsel. You're not going to get anywhere in the Senate. Too many morons. May I say, with all due respect, now, Kevin, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Kevin, I have a question for you. Yes, sir, the great one. I have a question before you ask me or say your comment. First of all, you're a police officer. I want to thank you. I had relatives in the Philadelphia police force when I was growing up. A couple of uncles. But here's my question. The Eagles and the Redskins are playing this weekend. Who's going to win that game? The Eagles are going to win it, but it's going to be it's it, it, it's it's getting sad. And let me just tell you, the Giants game was really sad. I actually took my kids to that game, and uh, I thought it was never they were never going to pull that one out. So you got to have some hope for the Eagles. Well, you know, I know they've lost their two big receivers, and you know they're basically using special teams guys now. But still, I mean, they have a they they still have a good enough roster to do something, don't they? Yes, they do. They can still pull it out. I mean, uh, Carson Wentz is really good. Uh, I know he doesn't have all his weapons, but I'm going to hold out hope as a Philly Eagles man. Um, And, you know, know, I I feel very bad for the Redskins. You know, I live in Redskins country, and the owner and the president there, they're wonderful, wonderful people. They really are. Unlike your owner, that Lori, that left-wing kook. May I say that, sir? But anyway. You you, have it. listen to this, Mark. Yes. He's got it. Guess who's coming to his house tomorrow? President Donald J. Trump. Really? You better the watch his City back. Army-Navy game. Okay. Well, yeah. he's a left-wing so kook Democrat. You do know that, though. Oh, absolutely. Lori. I'm like Taylor Swift, that young, young, young lady. I'm going to turn my girl. That's my her. daughter. That's that was daughter? my That was my daughter, Lauren. Oh, my God, Mark. Oh, my God, you're so blessed. She's In 2011. Voice. Yes, she does. That is amazing. So, you have have you ever heard me sing, by the way? No, no, no. Hang in there. Have, have you ever heard me sing? No, I haven't. You don't want to. <laughs> I give it a whirl. I love you. I, I love you so much. My mom's seventy-nine years old. She listens oh. all the time. Where um, does she live she, in Philadelphia? She lives in Melbourne. She moved out after my, you know. Um, I know exactly where. To, listen, don't hang up, Kevin, because I took your time. Stay with me. We're going to come back to Kevin, a Philly cop, a man I like a lot. He's called before. I like all you cops out there. I really do. What the hell would we do without you? I'll be right back. Levin, radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Ladies and gentlemen, you are still there, aren't you? I hope so. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is the fastest growing 50-plus organization in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, including me. I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights a full-time presence in Washington. AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. The collective voice of AMAC has brought to local congressional districts 
by hundreds of AMAC delegates. And as a member, you can personally get involved by finding one of the many nationwide AMAC chapters. Now, beyond advocacy, listen, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of discounts and benefits, including car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine. It is beautiful. It's full of insightful articles on issues that will matter to you and matter to most conservatives. I'm an AMAC member, and you really should be too. Join us today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting liberal agendas with the other 50-plus organizations. A-A-R-P. Join AMAC, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Back to Kevin, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. How are you, sir? Hey, good, Mark. Okay, that was great. Now, the other day you were on the uh, TV with the president, and you called him the first Jewish president. That was outstanding. (laughs) And by the way, I didn't even know there was a press there or TV there, uh, but I feel like he is in many ways. Well, it's wonderful, and, and I love the president to death, but he would not be able to do this without you guys. With you specifically, Hannity, uh, Zioli in Philly, um, Bongino, getting the word out there to everyone, and then we can spread it to everyone else, all these people that don't pay attention. Now, I have to make a little confession. I didn't get on Freedom of the Press yet because I've been studying for the lieutenant's exam in Philadelphia. They Wait a minute, you're going to be book. a lieutenant? Well, if I pass the test, I mean, I that's, took That's a big damn spot. Yeah. Yes. But there was a book on, on, the, on the reading agenda, and it was called Lincoln on Leadership. And it was uh, by a, a guy named Donald T. Phillips. And I was shocked reading that about how vilified Lincoln was by the press. It says it right in the book. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it was almost like I was reading modern-day Trump. I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, well, yeah. And, and, and if he got too angry with him, he'd actually throw them in prison, just so you know. Oh, my God. And so we have people today saying Trump is the greatest threat persistent, consistent threat to the media we've ever seen. They don't, they believe the world began with them. They're so ignorant. And we, I would have never, if, if Trump didn't become president, I would have never understood how deep it went. And I, I, I agree with that. He yeah. has exposed them fully. But you guys have too, and that's why I love you guys. You're all the best. I can't wait to see Hannity on your show. And they're going to do a movie about you guys one day. Oh, uh, really? You guys are the reason, yeah, because you're the ones that saved the country as well. Will I be Sean Connery? You can be whoever the hell you want. You're the great one. They want to be you. you. How about that? How about Charlton Heston and Moses? Can I be Charlton Heston? (laughs) As long as as he doesn't say, uh, uh, yeah, you can be whatever you want. I loved Charlton Heston. I met him. I I didn't know him well, but when we would meet, he was very, very friendly. And unfortunately, he got, you know, Alzheimer's and so forth. But he was a wonderful, wonderful man, a wonderful husband, just a real, real salt of the earth. Kevin, I'm going to send you a copy of Unfreedom of the Press, so don't hang up. And my best to your mother and the rest of your family and all our friends on the Philadelphia, in the Philadelphia Police Department. And that stupid district attorney you have. Oh, my God. And let me tell you something. This Soros is planting these clowns all over the country. Now we got one in my county in Virginia. First thing she does this. I almost cursed. First thing she does. First thing she does is raises from $500 to $1,500 cases that she'll take to court on theft. So if you steal something that's worth $1,200, she's not going to charge you. Sick. Absolutely sick. Let's continue, shall we? Chris, 
Westminster, Maryland, the great WCBM. They'd be greater if they give me my time slot back. How are you? <laughs> I was just about to say that, Mark. I'm glad you uh, said it before I did. I'm great. Uh, I want to tell you, Mark, that uh, I started my journey as a Levinite uh, when you first came to WCBM, back when you were live and national there. And you know like who pushed? Do you know, you know who was my greatest advocate? In the in Baltimore was Tom Marr. Yes, the great Tom Marr. Oh, he was great. Boy, do I miss Tom and his calls. <laughs> oh boy, yes. I, I miss I miss him too, and I love to listen to him on his show and when he filled in for you. Um, yes, I remember when I when I got Sirius XM. Uh, one of the first great things that I was excited about was Tom filling in for you and me being able for the first time to hear his voice in stereo quality. Mm. <laughs> and, uh, yes. Now, you know who had a great voice? And Tom would have agreed with me at this. Bob Grant. The great yes, Bob Grant. He did. He did. And I want to tell you, Mark, that... Uh, and, and let me just say this. Bob Grant, in many ways, was my mentor. I, I would listen to him. Uh, he and I became friendly in his later years. Uh, I admired him greatly, Bob Grant. Go right ahead. I'm sorry. Well, well, Mark, let me tell you that um, in in a real uh, way, you have been for me uh, what you said the great Bob Grant has been for you, because I started listening to you about the same age. Well, thank uh, you. So, so, um, so tell me about journalism school. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for better or for worse. Um, You're so, a student and a journalism student? I am a student. Um, I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I changed my major in uh, the middle of my sophomore year from education to journalism. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had the idea when I... By the, as I say, we need conservatives who want to... Who wanna, really treat this as a profession to get into journalism. So that's a good thing. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, yeah, well, and really, uh, I was inspired in many ways by um, uh, listening to my talk radio mentors and heroes like yourself. And uh, I, I... So what? Know. before we hit a hard break, tell me what it's like. Well, it's interesting. It seems it, it, it's... It's interesting in that uh, just as I'm uh, just as I'm starting to hear about ethics and these principles that journalists are supposed to have, I start to have a little hope. And then I look at my professor's Twitter account, and she's full of retweets about uh, or from the New York Times and CNN, the very entities that have no ethics and have nothing of the kind that she's trying well, let me, to... Let me do it this way. Do they teach you in school that the New York Times covered up for most of the period of the Holocaust, the Holocaust? No, they didn't, but I got to mention that to her after class, which was a. And what did she say? Was it a revelation for her? It was. Mm-hmm. I did it change? Did it change her view? Did it change her view? Um, all all she could say was that she would have to look into it. <laughs> she, I think, she was too shocked. While the three books that I mentioned, among other 
sources uh, are written by professors who've done, who did an enormously thorough job from 1986 uh, forward. Uh, there's simply no dispute. So did she look into it or not? Of course uh, not. I don't know how much research she did, but mm-hmm. I, I would be, I, I would be uh, impressed if she did. You'd be shocked. Um, don't get mad at me. I've got to go. Don't get mad at me. I've got to run. Got a lot of people lined up here. Nothing personal. Wayne, Glenside, Pennsylvania, the great WPHT. Is this the Glenside that's part of Cheltenham Township? No, this is the good side. Oh, Abington. Yeah, so you, so you say. <laughs> oh, man, I love you, man. Thank Listen, you. They, they got this guy, Nadler, who has a, what, decades-old history of, of conflict with Trump running yes. the committee. Yep. And now they want, uh, what's the name, McConnell to recuse himself? Are you isn't kidding that, me? Uh, it's nuts, isn't it? I mean, the, hypocr- the, the hypocr- hypocrisy, I'm sorry, is, yeah. is so bizarre, it, it's beyond, you know. I mean, the I'm arrogance. Like, I mean, who the hell do they yeah, think they are? Right. Exactly. And I have, I have a personal question. Yes. I see you have a pool table. Are you any good? Yes. I do play pool, but I mean, am I any good? I don't know. I mean, okay. I'm, I'm not a great pool player, but I like to play it. Well, you come back to Philly sometime, back to Glenside. You got my number. Have one of you guys give me a call. I'll, I'll pay for a night of pool. Aren't I'd you nice? You. Pool and a steak sandwich. Yeah, there you go. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. I miss Philadelphia. I miss where I grew up. I miss the food we had. I really do. I, I, I really do. Now, I'm not moving back. I'm where I want to be. But, but that said, um, there's something to be said for it. Am I, am I leaving now, Mr. Producer? Is that what you're telling me? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. See what they're doing in uh, Virginia, the threats from the Democrats? You have these brave constitutionalists who are sheriffs in these more uh, rural counties in Virginia. And they're declaring themselves sanctuary cities. This is something I long ago began promoting on the Second Amendment. Just take the page right out of the left-wing sanctuary cities. Two can play this game. And this is what I believe in, in order to try and pull the things back to a normal situation. But anyway... You know what they said they might do, Mr. Producer? Pull out, uh, bring out the National Guard. The National Guard. Yes, they're very, very Castro-like, Maduro-like, fascistic-like. The National Guard? To do what? You people think this is a joke, not you, but others. It's not a joke. And you've heard them. You've heard... uh, Fake Beto O'Rourke go on about confiscating guns. Others have too. You're going to call out the National Guard to do what? And I know a lot of these folks who work every day who are members of the National Guard, and I seriously doubt that they would do what some left-wing kook governor dressed in blackface talking about post-birth abortions, I doubt that they'd follow his orders. But here's the good news, Mr. Producer. The President of the United States has the power to countermand those orders. Did you know that? Because ultimately, they're part of the United States military. 
All right. How's Nancy Pelosi celebrating the holidays? I assume another facelift, but what do I know? By pushing Congress to pass her plan to socialize medicine. It's headed to the House floor for a vote where it's likely to pass. Thankfully, we have a Republican Senate president. We'll see that this show is put to an end. I certainly hope so. As I've been telling you, Pelosi's plan is so extreme, it'll make European socialists blush. Her plan includes government price controls on drugs, punitive taxes, and government override of treatment decisions that should be made by patients and their doctors. You see, every treatment but abortion is made by the patient and their doctor. Otherwise, Nancy Pelosi wants the government involved. Get it? Of course not. It's irrational, but that's what they are. Now, this all means less access, rationing, lower quality care, and lower survival rates for diseases like cancer. Now, President Trump's Council of Economic Advisors says this bill could keep 100 life-saving drugs from patients. In fact, Pelosi's own Congressional Budget Office said her plan would result in a dramatic reduction in research and development into new breakthrough drugs. Now, these anti-innovation policies pushed by Democrats will destroy jobs and hit the financial markets hard to boot. Republicans better get to work exposing the Pelosi plan for extreme, how extreme it is, before it's too late. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. Mr. Producer, I think if we jack up immensely the price of Botox and plastic surgery, Nancy and others in Congress might then become a little bit more free market competitive oriented. You never know. Got to hit him in the pocketbook. Or, or I guess in the bloated lips. Ladies and gentlemen, every Friday, in honor of you.
Okay, the week is officially over. The weekend begins right now. Don't forget Sunday, my guest is Hannity on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. You're going to love it, folks. I hope you'll check it out. It's a good way to end your Sunday. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. And good night, Leo. Have a wonderful weekend, and God bless you.